Welcome back to The Mammy Show. This is your host, Rohit. Today, we have Tracy, the business strategist and best-selling author. Thank you, Tracy, for getting into the show. Thanks so much for having me. Awesome. It's been a pleasure to have you in. I think you are the best seller of a bunch of books, and you are even uh, you know, planning to publish you another book, which obviously going to be bestseller as well according to me and you yeah and i think you've been into women entrepreneurship for long and and as a business strategist as well and doing a bunch of coaching and so on so would you just like to give a quick rundown of your entire journey how you got started and so on um sure i would love to well i always like to start with present and work back so it's like currently i help um business owners stand out in a crowded market so that they can grow a profitable business um, without all the stress and overwhelm. I always say, like, instead of being stuck on that human hamster wheel, that's why I invented the Beyond Common Method, because mm -hmm. I was that person before that was crying alone in my closet or in my garage because I didn't want my family to know, um, just like struggling and didn't know where to go or who to turn, who to, turn to. So um, it was through many years of really expensive mistakes and trial and error, blood, sweat, and tears that I learned to hire the right people mm -hmm. and to get the help that, you know, like to get the help, what, what, whether it was for marketing, like personal growth, professional development, what once we figured out those systems, then we applied them to our business, had some success. And then everyone was like, well, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, I'm not crying alone in, in the closet anymore because I wasn't telling you that I was doing that. Got it. <laughs> right. Like, so I'm not crying. And then, um, then once we started having success and people were asking, um, that then it was like, oh, you should write a book about that. So then that's how the book started happening. It was just like the stuff I always help people with because I love it. It's like, if I figure something out, I'm going to share it with you. Yeah. I'm a natural teacher in that way. I think all the people who succeed something, they obviously become natural leaders or coach. I cannot say the teachers, but obviously like coach inspiration for others obviously because when you influencers you know they obviously become one yeah cool. absolutely so tell us a little more you know like so how should someone stand out from the crowd and what are the best things to go for it well then the number one way to stand out from the crowd is to really first spend time getting really present with yourself Mm -hmm. And figuring out why do you want a business? And if you already have one, why does it exist? Like you need to know those things. It's not just about selling a product, yeah, a service. Like you have to kind of dig a little deeper. And some people shy away from that because they're like, oh, I have an idea and they just run for it. But if you take a little more time to get really present and really figure out why it's important and what you want to be known for, that can help you in building out so much of your marketing to stand out. Like, especially if you're in an industry that is a crowded space or right now, you know, everything feels crowded because people don't consume content the way they used to. They get to design and go look for it strategically, yeah. right? So you really have to be really clear of what you're trying to do. And I think that is like, 
from my experience, about 99% of business owners, when they're starting out, skip over that step because they're too excited. <laughs> yeah, initially, everyone. Yeah. So it's like, oh, back up. You could still have a great idea, but let's make this part fun. <laughs> mm, yeah, that's true. I think, and in the business, it's easy to get started, but it's, it's not easy to get going. It is. Right. Yeah, that's true. Very true. Because in the initially six months year or maybe two years as long, you have funds, you have money to spend, you have, you got an office, you got a couple of people to work for you. You're exciting. Yeah, man, I just got to do, I have people working for me, this, this, that, that. Yeah. And then I got this, this thing. And, but later on when things try to get more bigger and challenges roll in, you try to scale and then new opportunities that are probably like, you know, there are a lot of things, a lot. Yeah. Well, the statistics, the most recent statistics that I, I remember reading, and I can't remember if it was the Small Business Association or if it was something in Forbes, I, I have to look, but mm -hmm. something to the effect of that 80% of business owners are not profitable. Yeah. That's huge, right? Like 80% are not profitable. So that is like means your days are numbered to when you could be closing. Once you get past like sort of the funds you set aside for startup, yeah. um, it's really scary. So, and out of the, the, you know, so it's like out of the ones that are on that teeter totter, like some are just cash flowing, but not profitable. But when you enter where you're not even cash flowing, that's why it's like the statistic was something to the effect of maybe 10 years out more than 85% of that 80% that what are the ones that close their doors. So when, when I speak often, I'll ask the people in the room, like how many of you by a show of hands want to, you know, our business owners, the, almost the whole room will raise their hand if I'm speaking to entrepreneurs and business owners. Right. Yeah. And then this, the second question always is, and how many of you want to be successful? So like everyone raises their hand in the room. And then when we see the statistic that 85% close before they ever hit 10 years, everyone's like, so it's like, look at the person next to you. You both said you wanted to be successful. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do to ensure that that is the, you know, your true reality? Yeah. I think startups are not easy. It's not easy. It's even if it's bootstrap, then it's really not that easy. Even if it's funded pressure of investors, then it obviously be not that easy. It is right. because it's it's ultimately like building up a trust with the economy and building up a trust with customers, you know? Yeah. The big the company, the big the challenges and everything. Yeah. Well, in 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 my experience, there's a lot of there's a lot of information out there for startups. There's a lot that mm -hmm. you could get for free. Yeah. But it's not right. It's not all right. Like you have to really do your homework mm -hmm. and due diligence about is this information, knowledge that applies to me? Like sometimes people forget to put themselves in the, like, it's a totally different yeah, it's just an opinion. And then the other thing I see happen is that if people do really good on the front end and say they're going strong for five years and they 
they have been cash flowing, they get to the point that they're profitable, or maybe they're really smart in the beginning and they, they, they're able to be profitable, you know, because they're just really wise about how they bootstrap the money and they're doing, doing their thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you try to get to the next level, that's where the saying new level, new devil comes from, because then there's always, you, now you're at five years. Now you're trying to expand. Maybe you want to grow and scale. Mm. And then you like, one bad decision now, now it affects everybody because you have so many people relying on you. You mm -hmm. have a team, so it, it, it can put different pressures on, yeah, but there's not always, um, there's not people that are really talking about that middle stage of like, mm -hmm. okay, now I've achieved some level of success, but it's not what I envisioned. It's not what I dream of. I want to go to the next level. Mm. Now what? You know, like, it's real because the people work for you, the people who work for you, the people who you work with, customers, employees, members, all the contributors, you know, they all just become so much probably dependent on one business side. You have to take care of them. What if I have not achieved that level? What will happen to the team then? What yeah. if we don't have that contract? What, we, what will happen to the team then? What if we don't have that sales goal. What happened to the team then? What if we don't hit that thing? That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's where I think that you have to have a certain level of mental resilience right. and courage mm -hmm. to really waver that because like that is fuel for me. Like if I know it's for other people, I, I'm all in. So where some people need a boss, right? And they think it sounds cool. Like you're your own boss, boss, babe. No, that's bananas. Mm. I have a million more bosses as a business owner mm. because all the clients, all the team, everybody's my boss. Mm. And that's like fuel to show up and do a great job. Cause you know, people are counting on you. Well, some people get that twisted. I think they're like, oh, I'm sick of people telling me what to do. I'm going to go out on my own. I'm a business owner. And yeah. then they realize, wow, I don't have to be anywhere. So they don't get out of bed. And then they're like, my business is not go doing good. It's like, you might need to ask yourself, do you need a boss? Yeah. <laughs> to, to, like, you need a boss because you need that sort of um, more rigid schedule in place. You know what I mean? You have to kind of figure out what fuels you mm. because it's a different temperament to put that stress on yourself where you're really, really responsible for so many other people. Um you can't come at it from being selfish. Like, Oh, I don't want to answer to anybody. No, you'll answer to everybody. <laughs> yeah. The, the resilience is there. It is. Yeah. So it's different, you know, yeah. cool. I, that's like the grass is greener until you're in it. Then you're like, Oh, Oh, okay. What's going on here. Yeah, it is. It is. Awesome, Tracy. So yeah, so I think you have published a bunch of books. So tell us something about how it feels being as an author. And you know, like, is it something which anyone can do probably? Or being as an author is obviously a business, I guess. And, you know, or but like how it feels. Tell me a quick whole rundown, you know? Well, I can tell you that um, I always had a dream in my heart of becoming a, an author mm -hmm. since I was a little girl. And mm -hmm. Quite a few years ago, my parents moved out of my childhood home into mm -hmm. like, you know, their like, you know, house that they're going to be in when they retire. And my sister and I were helping my mom move these boxes in and my kids were teeny. They were little. And 
we found this like hideous and, and she still won't give it to me. This is why I don't have a picture of it. Like I, cause I would share this. So she's like hiding it from me, my mother, but it's mm-hmm. like, it was this hideous green craft book that I made when I was nine. And when you flip through it, it said Tracy, Serena, or Tracy Watts, it was before I had the Serena, right? It is a 10 time New York times bestseller living in California with her three dogs. This is, you know, that this was what I envisioned my life to be at. You know, uh-huh. who knows what, you know, I was nine years old. Uh-huh. So I like had this moment of where people had been asking me, like, why don't you have a podcast? Why haven't you written a book explaining that? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, it was just, I don't know. I'm doing this. Like I was running businesses. I, and seeing this book that I wrote when I was nine made me go, oh, I think I, I shoved down a childhood dream mm-hmm. that I just didn't remember and just got busy being an adult, busy being busy for, you know, and not really aligning with my mission and my purpose. So when I saw that, and then I started really paying attention to when I really felt the most lit up, like when I was teaching or speaking on stage and sharing the the knowledge that I had learned, that's what made me I, like, it was like all those elements just came crashing. And I was like, okay, after it. And then all of a sudden I wrote a bunch of books in a really short amount of time Yeah, because, because I just was fueled with so much, you know, passion and purpose mm-hmm. that it was time. And so I think that it's, it's a discipline. It is like having another business and another baby in one. So mm-hmm. it's a lot, it's, it's different. So you definitely have to love it and be fueled by it. Um, you have to get your, your message clear, just like a lot of things with business. You know what I mean? You have to get your messaging clear and the marketing never ends. Mm. You know, this more marketing's that thing that people try to avoid, but the marketing never ends. And that's the thing. I think a lot of people know in their heart that they have a book, mm. but they are over it once it's done. Like, oh, I can't, it's like running. I got to the top of the mountain. I'm done. Well, you're Mm -hmm. never done. Like you will market forever if you want to really bring it to life and bring it to the world. Cool. What was your recent book all about? Like, what was the recent book main, like, you know, like the main theme? Just Um, the newest book. It literally just came out. I don't even have it on the shelf yet. That's hilarious. You just called me out on that. Thanks. Thanks for the reminder, friend. Uh Um, So Dear Younger Self. And in this book, uh, I was a contributing author and my story is written in a way that's like for all the younger selves. So all of us could like, it could be like that note to self, like trusting your, learning to trust yourself, the elements of business, like mm-hmm. where confidence comes in, that resilience mindset, where you can tap into your own trust and gain courage. So, um, yeah, I think it's my best one yet. It really, we, um, became international, I think in five countries so far. Got it. Yeah. So it's exciting. International bestseller in five countries so far. So what about where you guys are? We need to hit that country now. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Tracy. So, so being as an author, it's all into creative aspect, you know, so what would you like to speak about? Like the people who are into creative, like how creative people or creative designers can take advantage of AI, you know? Like AI is booming right oh, now. 
Yeah, we were talking about this the other day. So I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. So um, a lot of times when you're like, it could be authors, creative designers. Um, I, I have a lot of clients that are like big time um, investors, but like maybe they made their money from um, designing like houses and things like that. I even have some people in like the beauty industry. So they're all kind of considered like creatives yeah. and they have all these ideas, but it's hard to take that first step of action. Mm -hmm. So AI being as popular and hot as it is right now, um, I have been leading a lot of those clients through, like write out your five main bullet points and let's put that into to AI and ask what you need. Like, how do you want to get started because you need to start writing your copy for an email that you want to start letting, do you want to start showing up on a specific um, social media platform? And their minds are like, psh, like just blowing off. Like it's just the emoji of the head blown off. They're like, oh my goodness, that's exactly what I wanted to say, but I don't, didn't know how to say it. And yeah. of course, like the thing with AI is it's never going to replace the creative talent. You're yeah. always going to need the human interaction. So we as humans have to get really good at using AI in the best way possible. The same way like a um, a plumber, you, you know, lear learns the tools, right? The same way an electrician knows how to put stuff in the right order that we don't electrocute ourselves and our power works. So yeah. I think those of us that are content creators and, you know, in the marketing space of any kind, you have to learn to use AI to your, you know, to develop your skills more because it's not going anywhere. The the fear around this that we've been touching on with some creatives is like, oh, it's gonna, you know, I'm a copywriter and people pay me like thousands of dollars an hour to write copy. It's gonna take my job. Yeah. No, it's not. It's not because your creative humanness you have to still bring to the party. Mm -hmm. So you be the best you can at utilizing it to help you get even better, but never forget to put your creative spin on it. Cause that's the difference. That's what we're paying for, right? There's 15 businesses on the same street that do the same thing. Why do you go to one over the other? Mm. Well, yeah. I think, see, I think in the AI, it will, replace the redo thing but it will not be able to replace the one do thing like with yeah redo means like which will be just like can be done by tech or can be done by machine you know so it will be just replaced by yeah, nothing else right certain things exactly and the other piece is that um if we all can stay clear about the fact that life in the big realm of things is about evolving and constantly growing and new tech, you know, it's like, because we're on this plane of creativity, always creating and expanding, we have to still understand that it's a tool for us. Mm. To, it's a tool. We're not the tool. I think where their fear comes in is like, oh, people like will take it in. Like, I don't know how to, something's wrong with me. I don't know. How, I, I can't accept this mm. where realize it's a tool, like a pencil. Like we didn't all know we'd be carrying these around and they're with us every, so use it to enhance your life, 
not to, you know, subtract from your life. Mm. And I think you can't go wrong. And I always make like, that's one of the funny things I say, like, you're not a tool. It's a tool. You're not a tool. Like, don't, don't get it twisted. No, I think there is a lot of, a lot of people who used to, who are addicted to tech, mobile phones. Like there are a lot of people like addicted to their tech, like mobile phones. There are, there's a lot, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But as long as you're using it with intention and knowing it's a tool, right? It's like where you don't want to sit and watch horrible news that's going to like program your mind with bad things. Or reels, reels, rundown, you know? Right? We have to be intentional with why, like with anything. So I think that that's the number one thing. If, you know, and going back to the question you said earlier about, you know, how do we really teach people how to stand out from the crowd? It's like being intentional, right? It's like, whether you're using a tool, whether you're getting clear on your business plan and mapping out the steps, you have to be intentional. Um, or why bother then just use, use it for scroll. If it's just entertainment, you don't have to put it into use for business, but when you're wanting it to be a business, you have to be intentional. Wisely intentional. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Awesome, Kathy. So yeah, any best advice do you have for anyone who would like to publish their first book, getting started with the writing though? You know, yeah. so you, you've been into long. Yeah. Um, I actually, I, I can send you the link. I have um, this, a link that's like content prompts. It's just, so it just kind of gets you used to writing every day. So you can use the writing for your social media. You can use it to start creating a book. But I think if you're really thinking about writing and publishing books, you know, finding publishers that will take you on as a client and publish your books, like Mm -hmm. if you're doing all of that stuff, um, the best place to start is with writing. Yeah. And being clear, you know, so like that's, yeah. So like reach out with questions. I can send you a link that they can get the content prompts. We will put, we will put on the description. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So just start writing. Um, Have you heard of John C. Maxwell? He's the number one leadership. Do, 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 obviously. So he, so I I am part of the team of uh, speakers, trainers, coaches that, Mm -hmm. and I was in a training with him years ago, like 2014 or something. Mm -hmm. And it was right. It was right around that time when that story with the book and the the craft thing. And I was afraid, I was afraid just, you know, like, who do I think I am to write a book or whatever? And he said, Tracy, your first book is going to suck. Write it anyway. So that's Mm -hmm. what I say to everybody too. It's okay. Your first book's going to suck because they all do. It's in the rewrite that they get polished, refined, and the real diamond starts to come out. See, I think it's not just for the book. It's obviously for everything. First thing will obviously be suck. It's, it can be your business. It can be your relationship. It can be your first uh, friendship. It can be your first book. It can be your first business, small business, startup, you know. Yeah. It can be anything. It's real. Even right. I have seen everyone used to see. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you just have to take the action, right? It's in the refinement. That's how diamonds are found under pressure. Diamonds are not just found on the upper layer of the, you know, like, so it should be on the deep though. That's all. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So good. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for getting into the show and talk about a bunch of things under the creative aspects. 
being as an author and so on. And thank you so much for having in. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. It's always fun to talk business with you anytime. <laughs>